0: So we find ourselves in a new year, a new beginning of sorts, as it is accustomed to our culture, and looking back at the uh, many months in the past year and the things that have happened and uh, the many blessings that uh, we certainly were recipients of, and we do thank God for the wisdom He has given us. He has made us wiser than our enemies. And he has called us to be a faithful church, a united church, a church where there is love and there is peace and there's hope and there's goals and a great many things coming forward if we continue following his son, faithfully so. And there is instruction as we move into our sermon session within the Gospel of John, chapter 6 verses 41 through 71 a call to action if you will from the Christ regarding those who were following him believers and disciples of various sorts and he was bringing them to a pivotal moment in which a decision was going to have to be made and of course this would Uh, uh, set well with some and with others they would certainly become uh, greatly offended at Jesus and no longer seek to follow him and uh, that kind of gives us insight into our faith in this new year and uh, where we will go and whom we will choose to follow to continue to follow or to no longer follow And uh, that's what we're going to do together as we read these verses and uh, see the information within uh, that uh, the author uh, intends. And it's interesting, again, within the theme that we've been seeing in the interaction of Jesus with the people, both those who belong to the household of uh, Judaism and the foreigner those who are afar off, those who would belong to the Gentile culture, the Gentile way of life, the pagan, the heathen, the Roman, the Greek, and how they were receiving the Christ as a restorer, as uh, 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 one who had this power in which they sought to believe. And they had a genuine faith in wanting to have him with them but the Jews would neglect and reject and would follow for uh, superficial reasons. We've seen these things and we've seen the, the uh, uh, very accurate moment in which Christ is speaking to them and teaching them of the new birth and how this very uh, uh, precise moment in their lives would change from uh, being lost to being saved and it's truly interesting to see things unfold and how his own people and those who should know that the prophets are being fulfilled in the Messiah, the Christ, Jesus, uh, chose to have uh, a superficial faith towards him and even some uh, to be hostile towards him, seeking to murder him. And they should have known better. They should have known better. But yet it remains true even to this day and age, thousands of years later. Christians should know better. But here the instruction in the words of our Lord and Master, which are spirit. And his words are spirit. And these words can save our souls. Um, it certainly calls within us to know who we truly are and why we are following Jesus. And we will see that, of course, as the text moves forward, more so. Verse 41. Christ had since told them that he was the bread of life. Christ had since told them and taught them that he was equal with the Father. Now, they didn't like that, did they? Did they? Not at all. And so they continue, of course, to harden their hearts. And that's what the word of God does, doesn't it? To the individual who has a hardened heart, it will harden his heart even further. God hardened the heart of Pharaoh? That is not a miraculous endowment that removes one from his free will. That is simply speaking the truth which calls repentance, change, in us. And when we don't want to change, we become more angry at God. But some soften their hearts and find that poor of spirit location within their minds to follow Jesus. So therefore the Jews, to this information, were growing hardened in their hearts, more so towards him. And of course they were grumbling. And the Jews, in understanding, collectively speaking, of course, of the people and their leadership, Grumbling about Jesus. Why were they grumbling about Jesus, verse 41? Well, because he said, Jesus said, I am the bread that came down out of heaven. Not so much that he was saying that he is the bread of life, but that he is speaking as if his source location in which he comes from was the heavenly realm in which our Father uh, uh, remains. And they were saying, In verse 42, is not this Jesus the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How does he now say, I have come down out of heaven? It's not that they're not understanding the words he is speaking, for the words he is speaking are clearly understood. it's it's what he is saying that is aggravating them and and hardening them uh, into greater hostility towards him because they are thinking of physical nourishment. Their minds are still captured by what is physical. And what is physical is that we know his mother and father. We know where he was born. We know the woman in which he 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 was born from. And now he's telling us he comes from the heaven? No. No, no, no. And why would God, our Father, through our honored men, like Moses, ever send someone like him as the mediator, the liaison, The one that will take from what is on earth and bring it to heaven. It should have been one of us, clearly. We're the Pharisees. We're the chief priests. We're the elders. We're the Sadducees. We're the Sanhedrin. We are the religious leadership. We are scholarly. We are scribes. We are the lawyers. If God the Father was ever going to choose someone who was going to be the prophetic fulfillment for mankind... It was clearly going to be one of us who has societal prestige the chief seats and social status and education and knowledge and know-how. You see how they're you see how they can see in such a corrupt way? They thought salvation was within themselves. And they couldn't see the humble source of the Messiah, whose name was Jesus, the Savior of his people. So they were saying, Is not this Jesus the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How does he now say, I have come down out of heaven? Well, Jesus answered and said to them in verse 43. Do not grumble among yourselves. They were grumbling, weren't they? Don't do that. Don't grumble among yourselves. Your your focus is on physical nourishment. You need to change your thoughts the way you think. You need to repent and start looking at the spiritual, the spiritual side of this existence. No one, he says in verse 44 can come to me unless the father who sent me draws him and i will raise him up on the last day and drawing here has nothing to do with miraculous endowment that would have one void of his or her free will this here idea is as if he is pulling with someone who may have some reluctancy. He's pulling to bring them. And he, through the Christ and the fulfillment of the gospel, has the power to bring you into the heavenly realm to the Father. And there is no other source but the Messiah for that salvation. It is written, he says, in the prophets, verse 45, and they shall all be taught of God. Everyone who heard and learned from the Father comes to me. (laughs) He is speaking to individuals who were born and raised to read, recite, teach, and preach the Word of God, the law. Can you see how this must have been greatly offensive to them? We know the word of God. And he here is saying it is an education. We are educated. Are you? What did Jesus say in previous chapters? You search the scriptures. Because you try to find salvation within yourselves. But you don't have the love of God within you. Everyone who has heard and learned from the father and look at the prophet. He quotes they shall be taught Christianity is an educated religion and These individuals these religious leaders they thought themselves educated were they not educated of course they were But they were educated within themselves for the praise of men Therefore, they did not have the love of God within them. Not that anyone has seen the Father, verse 46, except the one who is from God. He has seen the Father. Truly, truly, I say to you, verse 47, he who believes has eternal life. I am the bread of life. Your fathers ate the manna in the wilderness and they died. What is physical dies. The flesh dies your fathers ate the manna in the wilderness and they died this is the bread which comes down out of heaven so that one may eat of it and not die eat of it and not die i am the living bread he says in verse 51 that came down out of heaven if anyone eats of this bread he will live forever and the bread also which i give which i will give for the life of the world is my flesh they know what he's saying then the jews in verse 52 began to argue with one another saying how can this man give us his flesh to eat In verse 41, they were grumbling. In verse 52, they were arguing. Where's the verse that says they should have just believed? If they claim to have been so educated in the word of God and the prophets, they should have recognized. They could tell the weather. They couldn't know if rain was coming. Yet they couldn't see the Messiah before them, who could raise the dead. (laughs) Cast out demons. Control the weather. Make whole the lame, cure the sick, and see within the inner hearts of mankind. So now they're grumbling, they're arguing, and a few verses prior they wanted to murder him. So Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, pay close attention to the information I'm about to say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man, and drink his blood, you have no life in yourselves. He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, verse 54, and I will raise him up on the last day. Look at verse 40 of the same chapter. For this is the will of my Father, father that everyone who beholds the Son and believes in him will have eternal life, and I myself will raise him up on the last day. Verse 55, for my flesh is true food and my blood true drink. He's not speaking of the Lord's Supper. He's speaking of the sacrifice which he will go through. His baptism, which no other can go through. The cross. His death on the cross. His body, his blood being given. For the cause and fulfillment of the prophets, the gospel. This is the information he is speaking. And I assure you they understand more than they let on. That's why they're offended. And Jesus is speaking in such a way now to bring them truly to why they are following him. Thus far, Jesus has been active in his ministry. And he's recognized why they've been following him. They've been following him for the signs, but not for what the signs were for. They've been following him because they get to eat some food, but not for the spiritual nourishment in which his words are speaking. So now it's time to tell his disciples. Now it's time for the believers. Now it's time for those who had superficial faith or superficial belief to make a decision in life. You've seen what he can do. You've seen the things he spoke. You've heard them. He who eats my flesh, verse 56, and drinks my blood abides in me and I in him. Now, false doctrines and false teachers, as the sands of the ocean are on this earth, will try to make these verses say something they are not saying. We must remain within the context. He is telling the people that he is God on earth, the Messiah. And only through him will they have redemption. And he is not only saying it to the world, both Jew and Gentile, but he is saying it to those who think themselves so educated and saved. They crucified him for a reason, you know. We tend to miss that. He came among his own people, the, king, the sons of the kingdom, to tell them they were lost. Again, the equivalence of Christ walking among us today and saying, you Christians are lost. We'd crucify him all over again. As the living Father sent me, verse 57, I and I live because of the Father. So he who eats me, he also will live because of me. This is the bread which came down out of heaven. Not as the fathers ate and died, he who eats this bread will live forever blood, flesh, blood. And though we can see the Lord's Supper in the text, the context and the reason he is speaking this is not the Lord's Supper. It's his sacrifice on the cross. And it is very interesting language when you rightly handle the scriptures together that in Romans chapter 6 verses 3 and 4, we see how we become in contact with this flesh and blood. How Paul the same author who spoke to his brethren in Rome also spoke to his brethren his brethren in Corinth chapter 15 3 and 4 death burial resurrection witness and ascension of the Christ how do we get in contact with the saving blood Romans 6 3 and 4 John 3 3 John 3 5 They didn't want to hear none of it they were born in the covenant Of Abraham's lineage they were the sons of the kingdom Jesus was like yeah but you need to be born again what do you mean born again you need to be born again you were born out of your mother's womb within the covenant of the Old Testament through the lineage of Abraham but now you need to go through a new birth a spiritual birth that can be seen through the outward action of obedience trust in the work of god and he is bringing them to a very powerful moment because they are going to have to choose to either remain with superficial faith or become genuine and understand that this here is deeper than i thought it was these things he said in the synagogue as he taught in capernaum the equivalence of saying he was preaching this at the local assembly of the church. Therefore, many of his disciples, disciples are ones who are in learning. They are learning. When they heard this, those who were disciples, those who were following him and learning, when they heard this, they they, they said, this is a difficult statement who can listen to it they're not saying they don't understand they didn't say who can understand this i don't know i don't have a clue what he's talking about no, no 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 no, no, the offense is not because they don't understand what he said the offense is because they they know exactly what he said okay it's not that they don't understand what he said it's that they most certainly did understand what he said he's god he's the messiah And he's calling you to change your life. And there's no way around it. But Jesus, conscience that his disciples grumbled, interesting, isn't it? This grumbling word again. We don't want to be caught in any grumbling. He said to them in verse 61, Does this cause you to stumble? Why are you so offended? Jesus knows the answer already. He's not asking because he's seeking to learn something from them. He's saying it so they can learn something from him. What then if you see the Son of Man ascending to where he was before? I'm speaking to you of my death, and that offends you. I'm speaking to you of my death, and the only way you will have life is if you come to my death. And that offends you. What if I speak to you of the hope there is in in heaven? To where I will be, you will come with me. It is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I have spoken to you are spirit and are life. The words of Jesus Christ are spirit. And it is through the teaching of His words, the instruction and guidance of His words, His commands, that we, of our own free will, can choose to follow or Neglect and reject, and grumble and argue, and seek to murder. It is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I have spoken to you are Spirit and are life. But there are some of you who do not believe. For Jesus knew from the beginning. Who they were, who did not believe, and who it was that would betray Him. Just because we don't know what's coming tomorrow, and we can't see the inner hearts of men like God can, doesn't mean that God don't know. God already knows who truly loves Him and who does not. He's known before He formed Adam and Eve. But that does not remove us from the blessing of free will. And our calling is the gospel. When we read these words, they are to pierce us and challenge us and call in us to repent, to change. And he, say, and he was saying in verse 65, For this reason I have said to you that no one can come to me unless it has been granted him from the Father. if you believe in me then you will know of my sacrifice my death on that cross and how the new birth allows you to die with me and to be risen with me out of water and the spirit submerged, plunged, dipped clothed, buried fully immersed if you are only receiving physical nourishment You'll only see water. But if you are seeking spiritual nourishment, you will see the tomb of Jesus Christ in that watery grave. And you will call on his name. And Jesus will wash your sins away. Acts twenty two sixteen. Now, as a result of this information that he's bringing to them, of course many of his disciples withdrew. They were offended at that. He brought to light and exposed what was truly in their hearts all along. And it's amazing how God does that. God will reveal to his people those among us who are corrupt, and he will call in us a decision to withdraw from the corrupt to remain pure, or to allow a little leaven to leaven the whole bunch. So Jesus said to the twelve, you do not want to go away also, do you? It's not because he's questioning himself and uncertain on who is going to follow him or not. He already knows who's going to say yes or no. It's for the benefit of mankind. And of course, Peter, who was quick to the draw as usual, spoke up and answered Jesus and said, Lord, to whom shall we go? To whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. And those words hit me strongly because those are the very words that kept me faithful. When we start to think devastation, sorrow, and pain, it's unbearable. It's unbearable. Let's just go back to the old way of life and let's just let go Christianity and all the sacrifice and all this pain that's in the church that takes place and all these things... The word of God speaks, and where else will we go? He's clearly said that there is no way to the Father but through Him. That there is no way to heaven but through His death, burial, and resurrection. And Peter knows that. Peter knows that. Where do you want us to go? There's no life out there in the world. This is a dying world. We have believed... And have come to know that you are the Holy One of God. So Jesus answered them and said, Did I myself not choose you, the twelve? And yet one of you is a devil? Even with everything being revealed and said. Amazing. Very sad and unfortunate for this, of course. Um... This, of course, apostle who would choose to go against Christ. Now he meant Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot. For he, one of the twelve, was going to betray him. It seems to be those closest to us who betray us. Those who are closest to us who seem to be so corrupt. Seeking their own fleshly desires. Causing so much pain. But are we going to give up on Christ? For those among us who are wolves in sheep's clothing, who masquerade a certain way, well, no, where else do you want us to go? Jesus has the words of life. Many had left their previous engagements in order to follow Jesus superficially. Doing so for the drama, the entertainment of it all, seeking the signs but not what the signs meant. They sought physical food, not spiritual And it was time for Jesus and his ministry to make them choose. They had been given a grace period, right? But now that period came to an expiration. So through his word, they were going to be forced to either become true believers. In other words, truly believing what Jesus was teaching, having faith in him and acting upon that faith, producing obedience in the work of God, which leads... To eternal life or they could go back to the pharisees and their way of life prior to christ will we follow christ in this new year that has just begun this beautiful day the first day of the week what are we going to do as the east coast church of christ What will we choose to do in this new year? Will we follow the word of Christ which leads to eternal life or recoil and return to the Pharisees and the synagogues they oppress through self-righteous hypocrisy, slander, false witness, manipulation, intimidation, and division? Will we return to sin or remain free in Christ? Going back to sin has a dead end. But continuing with Christ has much hope and goals. We will convert souls. We will purchase land. We will be neighbors. We will have a Bible school. We will continue to be a growing family united in all things. We will have eternal life. All who seek redemption come to Christ in repentance. If we get in contact with the flesh and blood of Christ, we will be born again. And if we are born again, He will keep us secure in His love. Instead of grumbling and arguing and seeking to murder Him, they should have just humbled their hearts to see Him through the word they should have been educated through. Everything He's been saying. Everything He's been saying. He is the Son of God. There is no salvation anywhere else but through Him. And the only way we're going to eat the flesh and drink drink His blood is by believing He is who He is and being immersed. Whoever believes and is immersed shall be saved do not allow yourself to be persuaded by eloquent speeches out there in the world false doctrines and teachers nor by the wolves that creep in and teach us all sorts of nonsense we will remain pure and we will certainly follow Jesus this new year whatever this new year brings towards our way we will persevere through it and we will grow Okay, so that concludes our sermon session for this Sunday, and uh, we can certainly have ourselves a song now. When the master makes the final call And you have to leave this earthly ball Where are you going to hide hide on on that great day? Say come well done Or into the mountains will you run? Say Where oh where you gonna hide where you gonna hide on that great day, gray day? Oh, where, oh Where oh where you gonna where you gonna hide when the earthquakes break the rocks the world oh where oh where the sun from spices is oh where oh where are you gonna where hide? you gonna hide when all, all things have passed, things away, passed away Say where oh where you gonna where hide you gonna hide on that, on that great, great day, day great day